0: Today is Wednesday, September 2nd, 2015, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and where the world might use a word such as lucky to describe a certain circumstance, we would use the word blessed or perhaps grace to describe things that have been given to us that we don't deserve And Our Lady's presence for the last 34 years has been such a thing. It has not been a strike of luck. It's been a grace of God and a blessing from God that she has been able to have been with us for so long. And she continues to give us messages to speak to a world that sometimes is deaf to her words. And tonight, a friend of Medjugorje is going to share with us more insight on the message that heaven gave to us today through the Virgin Mary. And so as we begin this program tonight, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje.
1: I would say a word that we could use is fortunate. Yes, a time of grace to be alive at this moment. My life was coursed out in a certain path of which I thought I would be on for the rest of my life. I knew there was always something else I should be doing. I can't even imagine my life without Our Lady and Her Apparitions. And sometimes I wonder and I ponder about how is it that I'm so fortunate to have the encounter with Our Lady when I did, at the moment I did, and all those going to Medjugorje and their encounters, those who've come here and have met Our Lady and encountered Her, how blessed, how fortunate we are. Because if I stayed on the path I was on, just in the business world, it's hard to imagine what you'd feel at this moment. You've heard me talk about the three S's, sin, suffering, salvation. We've officially entered the period of sin and its consequences. In other words, you sin, and in sin you suffer for it. And that suffering, you cry out to God, you repent, and you gain the world's salvation again. And so the world's in a state of the consequences of suffering for its sin. Our lady officially just told us a few days ago, August 25th, the world is in a moment of trial because it forgot and abandoned God. That's the ultimate sin. That's where there's no redemption for the culture as it exists and how it operates. Because we've grown a culture, we've grown a whole new world without God, as the lady says, as if we were our own creator. So what does that mean? It means what the scripture says in Malachi. God hates divorce. Don't think that's just for married couples or matrimony. God hates what happens as a consequence for us divorcing ourselves from him. Is she who said, the moment of trial, because it forgot, what is it? The world. Who's in the world? We. We forgot. Because it forgot and abandoned God. Divorce is the absence of God. When there's a void and God's absent, what is there? Hate. That's what it boils down to. And we see this all authorities from God. And we see in just these few days hatred toward authority, toward policemen. Anybody wears a uniform. Cause Satan hates, literally hates God and his people, which he wants to make his minions. So in that situation. we find ourselves in now, this sin, suffering, salvation, we've got the thing that parallels that. You're either in the sunshine or storms coming at you or you're in the middle of the storm. We're in the middle of the storm and it's just beginning and this 25th August message officiates, it is here. The world is in a moment of trial because it forgot and abandoned God. What does that mean for us? Some very difficult times ahead. Some horrendous storms. And it it's not going to end overnight. We didn't get here overnight. We got here over decades of sin, of distancing ourselves from God, not calling upon Him. And don't expect this to go away tomorrow. In fact, what you can expect because the world, the way it is, and its technologies, and how we advance, and for the first time in the history of the world, man has capability to destroy the earth. We're probably going to go to the edge of that. We will see, most likely, an intervention with the secrets, and probably the final sign of Raleigh's third secret, that will stop it. Maybe, perhaps, an escalation. There'll be some sort of grace that will sweep the world to bring conversions to all God's children. And that means the ones who hate, the ones who don't know Him, those ones follow Him, and those who love Him fervently. Now, He's here to unite everyone. But to do that, and for that to happen, the world must undergo the fruit of what is birthed.
2: Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's September second two 2015 message given through Mariana on the Day for Non-Believers. Dear children, my dear apostles of love, my carriers of truth, again I am calling you and gathering you around me to help me, to help all of my children who thirst for love and truth. Who thirst for my son. I am a grace from the heavenly father sent to help you to live the word of my son. Love one another. I lived your earthly life. I know that it is not always easy. But if you will love each other, you will pray with a heart. You will reach spiritual heights and the way to heaven will be opened for you. I, your mother, am waiting for you there, because I am there. Be faithful to my son, and teach others faithfulness. I am with you. I will help you. I will teach you faith, that you may know how to transmit it to others in the right way. I will teach you truth, that you may know how to discern. I will teach you love, that you may come to know what real love is. My children, my son will make it possible for him to speak through your words and your actions. Thank you.
1: And this is what I was referencing to, that if we continue on the path that we're on, that you're on, the path that you've walked, without the interception of Our Lady coming into your life, what would you feel at this moment? How insecure would you be? I don't see how anybody out there not fulfilling their prayer life and fasting can be at peace with themselves. They're on both sides of the fence. Those who follow Our Lady, you're getting off the fence. You're defining yourself and who you are. You know who you are. Because when you understand you're the child of Our Lady, She's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is her son, our brother. God is our father. Then you know and have security. that no matter what happens, what path we have, what trial we have, we're in the family of God. We're in royalty, spiritual royalty. But how about those who don't know that? And so it's a comfort to know, I am with you when I really said that today. I will help you. We have the fortunate words to go through society, go through the day tomorrow, knowing that ha- what's happening, how authority has been attacked, crushed and killed by many people, how policemen are being gunned down with hatred, hatred for authority, as if they're the victims and yet they're the perpetrators, chips on the shoulders. But the comfort we find is that at least I will teach you faith. I will teach you truth. I will teach you love. Beautiful comfort that we have her with us. And I can't imagine life without her, without her daily and reflection on our messages, or way of life she's given to us here in community that we pass on to you and others that gives us hope because today we're hoping and yet we're hopeless. We all have the thorns in our life and we all want roses. We're flawed, and yet we're perfect. We look at these things in our life, and our lady wants us to get into a position to separate from those things where we're on both sides of everything. She don't want hopelessness in us and hope at the same time. She wants only hope. To walk with our lady, to be taught with our lady, to follow her, to help us. She's defining who we are, and that is a people who have a love of God and all our hope on one side of the fence instead of jumping back and forth. We can't be everything like we've been in the past. And that's what we've been. Angels and devils. And not even realizing one between the two. We're all mixed up in our culture today. Our is here to make a division. To make a clear choice of the way you're going to walk, how you see things, and your mentalities towards the society.
3: We're all thorns and we're all roses We're all looking down our noses at ourselves We're all flawed and we're all perfect We're all lost and we're all hurting And just searching for somebody to love We're all liars, we're all legends We're all Tims, at would 11s We're all trying to get to heaven but not today we're all happy, we're all hating, we're all patiently impatient, and just waiting for somebody to love. We're all... let the we'll run. We're all paper, we're all scissors, we're all fighting with our
1: live until we die in when you get a death sentence you got a terminal illness or an accident or two years to live or whatever you start really living in a different way you approach everything in a different mentality and that's why they just gave us a death sentence the world is in a moment of trial because it forgot God abandoned God after you see and hear this message, and if you contemplate it, you will reevaluate your path in life, what you're doing. And if you don't do it just by the words here, the physical manifestation of what comes from this trial will make you reflect on how you're going to be living because death may be facing you. Because we are under judgment. The world as it is, abandon God will not stand. His absence anarchy ensues, chaos, everything falls apart. Matthew 6 was so important that Our Lady said, read it every Thursday. That's why we do Medianomics. It's the fundamental thing that God will take care of His people if they take care of their love and the thirst for Him. And that's what Our Lady said today. I'm calling you and gathering you around me to help me to help all my children. She needs you to gather around her to help her. Gather around me and help me to help all my children who thirst for love and truth, who thirst for my son. I've tasted that. You've tasted that. We're all doing what the song says. We're all looking for somebody to love. Our lady's filling that void. That's what she's here for. God has sent her in that sense. To teach us to have that love so that everybody be loved, especially the non-believers who've never experienced God's love. So we're in that moment.
2: I did a search this afternoon just on the words I am in the message, and of course that comes up over and over and over again. Our Lady says, I am calling. I'm close to you. I'm beside you. I am here. I'm asking you. I'm giving. I'm with you over and over and over, she says, I'm with you. But rarely is she the subject of the sentence. Today, Our Lady said, I am a grace from the Heavenly Father. And I want to know if you see something in the time that we're living in, in this particular moment that she's speaking, why that's important for us to know that She is a grace from the Heavenly Father. That's number one question. The second question is the same in that same sentence. She says, I am a grace from the Heavenly Father sent to help you to live the word of my Son. And we know Jesus is the word, the incarnate word. He became flesh, but he was the living word in his own flesh that Our Lady is. She kind of paralleling her own position, her own role, a grace from the heavenly Father to help us understand the word of her Son. That she's in some way parallels that same pl- uh, way that Jesus became the Word made flesh.
1: I think we have to look at Revelations chapter eleven and twelve to see that about this woman that the angels and what sparked the fall in heaven, I think it's in the mystical city of God. Or one of the books wrote about the life of Christ by Catherine Emmerich. Sister uh, Mary Greta wrote the uh, the mystical city of God. And of course, Marie Valetotter wrote Man God. All three of these are about the life of Christ and about heaven and hell. And they progress throughout from the 1500s, 1600s, then to Catherine Emmerich, life of Jesus Christ to the 1700s, 1800s, and then to 1950. 45 or so 40s of Marie Valtuota, The Life of Christ. But in one of those books, either The Mystical City God or The Life of Jesus Christ, Catherine Emmerich, she speaks of when all of heaven was one and it was in unity. And Satan was one of the greatest, or was the greatest, Lucifer was the greatest angel in heaven who loved God. And he spoke about and gave a beatific vision to the angels that started the trial. And he showed the Son of God made flesh. And they became incest over this. When they saw that they, as angels, and as great as they were, and Lucifer in his pride, that he would be bound down to the Son of God who has made nothing more than a dog in the way he saw it. And he became obsessed with this. And it's just germ of pride in him. That how could he make the son of God in that form instead of an angel like themselves? But what really tripped it was they saw, saw a beatific vision of his mother. So eons ago, Our Lady was in God's thought and plan. If it wasn't, he wouldn't be God. He knows all things. And so a great battle became the norm for heaven. Lucifer went around other angels. How can we expect to be bowing down for this woman that she's going to be higher than us, the greatness of who we are? And this germ grew from one angel to another until a third of the angels was cast down from heaven. An incredible explanation most profound thing when you read Revelation chapter 12 about the woman clothed with the sun moon underneath her feet the dragon chasing her that's why he hates her so much because she's so humble and we have to realize if you really want to defeat satan if you want to be away from satan there's one thing he can't do god made silver in such a beautiful way when i wrote ain't gonna happen we did research on it because it kills viruses and bacteria and things like that, that can't stay on it they even starting to make because of, of all the bacteria and everything in hospitals that they can't get rid of they're making some of the paper files coated with silver because these things can't live on it and so we did research why can't it live on it is because it busts bust the, the cells to pieces. Somehow the cell, silver has that in it. But wouldn't it be just like God to have something as humble as silver that would pass through peasants' hands to the king's hands that would stay clean? That a means of exchange was to spread diseases? We have better hygiene now than in history than ever with soaps. But just think throughout the ages the Middle Ages what people did and how they were and they couldn't even take baths or wash their hands. Exchange the a a mean from one thing to another. Silver, does it possess these sicknesses that can be passed. And it actually stops it. These germs can't adhere to silver. And so the germ of Satan is the same way. There's one thing, like silver, that he cannot attach himself to if you possess it. And that's humility. He can possess himself to your wants, Your pride, your beauty, your accomplishments. But the one thing Satan cannot take hold of and use against you is humility. It's your silver, and silver is humble next to gold. An incredible thing. Because his pride is such, and what his makeup is is such, that there's no way, there's no possible way that if you're humble, you live in humility, he can never get a hold of you. That's your protection. And so here it is, the humble maiden comes to us and God knew what he was going to do with her. And when they saw that, they become obsessed because of her lowliness, that they could never bow down to that. Incredible stuff. Incredible thoughts about this in reflection of Mary. I think about her like this. And that's why I want to be attached to her and her humility, which makes her beautiful, which makes her more powerful. And so when she says, I am a grace, don't think God has kept this hidden. Even though we knew when she was born 2,000 years ago and we knew her throughout the ages and people had a devotion to her, we hadn't seen nothing yet of what is about to happen with the Holy Virgin Mary. And we're next to her, we're close to her, we're gathering our presence And Satan right now is trying to stop people from gathering in her presence. She said over and over, read the writing today. It's not posted yet, it'll be posted tomorrow. She says, I'm, I want you gathered around me. Actually, she said that today. I am calling you and gathering you around me to help me to help all children who thirst for the love of truth. And we have it now saying the six visionaries need to be quiet. They need to tippy-toe about this. We don't need to be getting the messages out where we've been doing it. And there's moves to make because they think it's the best thing for Medjugorje to quieten everything down. I will not do that. I don't have it in me with what I know about the truth of our lady that I'm going to cow down and slow down and not speak of her and not go public talking about the Virgin Mary conferences that we hold or whatever we do here or whatever we do out there. And neither should the six visionaries. Oh, but they can be told, it's not good for men to grow with the Vatican. I don't care. They had no jurisdiction over me. I have no obedience. I'm not a priest. I'm not a nun. I'm a free Catholic. I'm a Christian. And when truth is made known, it's a matter of conscience for me to promote that and put it out there. And I'm hearing you people say, oh, it's the best thing for Mejigoria. It's the worst thing for Medjugorje. It's destructive. It's damaging. It's going to make Medjugorje go backwards. We're not going to do that. We will not abide by that as a matter of conscience. Our Lady says, I'm happy that you're here in large numbers. Our Lady called for the 2nd month message when that started. I want you to come to the apparitions. And now we're being told, don't go to the apparitions. The visionaries have been told, quiet this thing down now. We don't want to rile up maybe the congregation of the doctrine of the faith or those in the church who wants to stop mid or slow it down. I'm not an apostate. And with God's grace, the Holy Virgin Mary I won't become one. And then he says, "You've asked me not to abandon you," and she responds to her own statement, says, "Don't abandon me." Medjugorje people are doing that, thinking, "Oh, okay, it's better for Medjugorje for it to be accepted that we just quiet things down." This, you think this is the time to quiet things down when the world is in a moment of trial because it forgot God and abandoned God. This is the moment to start slowing down to just the opposite. This is exactly what Satan wants. Shut the visionaries down, shut them up, and you shut up Our Lady. That's what this is about. Don't think nothing else like it. What are you to do? You're to read our message. I am the grace from the Heavenly Father and you want to stop people from attending the apparitions. You want the visionaries not to allow people to come to the apparitions. When she loves us, I'm calling you and gathering you around me to help me to help all my children who thirst for love and truth, who thirst for my son, deniers, apostates. And that's going to be some of the Medjugorje people because I've already already been told by some of them what's the best thing. You don't even know what you're saying. You don't understand those consequences. So to answer your question, I am a grace. This is a grace awaited for, not just since Mary is born. This is a moment of time that I says, This is my time. God's waited to this moment to unveil really who she is. Because we've rejected Jesus' redemption. We rejected God of Israel, the God of Sinai, all the things he's done in the past to correct us. And we have everything there at our disposal except one thing that the world needs more than ever in this history of its beginning, a mother, a woman. And that's why Genesis says, the woman, Genesis 3.15, talking about the Virgin Mary. And that's why at the wedding feast of Cana, Jesus says, woman, my time's not yet come. And he starts making wine, even though it wasn't his time. And that's why at the foot of the cross, he says, son, behold thy mother. And then turns the words around and says, woman, behold thy son. Tying it back to Cana, Genesis 3.15. And then we go all the way to Revelations the end of the Bible, throughout the whole Bible. And we hear the woman, clove of the sun, the moon underneath her feet, 12 stars about her head. This is the Holy Virgin Mother, Mary, her time. And this has been prepared for since her conception and the reality of her existence. But all the way back, before the fall and the split of heaven. And so it's her who makes the announcement, August 2nd, 1981. A great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. And we're in this battle. And you want to slow down from the general that comes and teaches us? I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you. And they're saying, don't listen. Oh, let's play it down. They don't even understand the messages, those who promote this. They have no understanding of it, and they don't want it. I said on June 25th, 1990, she said, there are those who do not understand my messages. Actually, she doesn't say that. She says, those who do not want to understand my messages, but you find in sacred scripture the message for you. Why? Because it's just that. We need healing. Things have to start our way. There's things that are painful right now. Our Lady's plan is what? That we've got to change everything. We've got to change everything in Our Lady's path for us to walk and follow her. And what is the basis of it? You shouldn't even be able to sleep tonight, it should be burning in your mind. Because the revelation that's coming is if I could change the world one heart at a time, oh, I'd start with mine. This is the principle. i come to convert you. Once you convert her, you walk with her, then you help her together other children who thirst for the same love that you did. And through that basis, you'll never be able to love too much. That's why she says, love one another. I lived your earthly life. I know that it is not easy But if you will love each other, you will pray with the heart, you'll reach spiritual heights spiritual heights and the way to heaven will be open for you. That's what she wants you. She desires this. You cannot love too much.
4: Go wrong And if it's all good intentions Why are we scared of living Yeah, the weight of the world Is hard enough to hold already Why's it gotta be so heavy Maybe it's the little things Maybe we can change the world One heart at a time you can't say love too much. You can't say care enough. There's no such thing as reaching too far. We all got a heart. And you can't say love too much. You can't say Just say you never know the lives you could change, never know the souls you can save. And I bet it happens every day, cause everybody's got a story, a past or a song of glory. Just take a look around, somebody needs you now, you're somebody's hero somehow, love too much. You can't take care enough. There's no such thing as reaching too far. We all got a heart.
0: To the point that you were saying before the song began, just about some of the things that are happening in regards to Medjugorje, and do you think that that's the reason why Our Lady in today's message is addressing us in a particular way, saying things like, I'll teach you how to transmit faith to others in the right way, Uh, I'll teach you truth so that you'll know how to discern, and that you'll know what real love is. Um, you all know that you've said in the past, Our Lady is speaking these messages. The non-believers are not so much the people that aren't listening to her, but the people that are listening to the message, that are getting this message. And so, do you think that Our Lady is in some way is addressing that by saying that this isn't being done in the right way?
1: Well, Judas Maccabees went first after the Jews. They had to be purified first. And so it is, Our Lady's come, and she spent most of her time here on this earth not for non-believers or those who don't know the love of God or people of the faith, but to those in the faith. Because we were so lost. Our mentalities of where we are if we've grown up with Our Lady are far beyond what we entered into the encounter with Our Lady in the beginning. She's already advanced this. And so some may be in different levels. Some may have just come to Our Lady just last year or back in the early 80s. I was there just a few very short years after the apparitions began. I thank God for that. I know God called me there. I know it was an encounter, encounter. Everything I had done in my life prepared me for that. I knew when I turned 33, there was something else I was supposed to do. When I got and arrived in Medjugorje, I knew this was it. I changed my whole direction of my life and how we built our business and what we did. I went and told my wife after about two years with Medjugorje and in Caritas, being his benefactor, foundation it, getting it started right. I walked into the kitchen and told my wife, I'm going to shut down the business. She just looked at me for a moment. She says, you're crazy. And so it is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. My business friends that knew me, they couldn't believe I did it. They said, it's got to be for money. They said that because they would never do anything like that unless it was for money. I did it for God. And the fruit of that is seen, is manifested with many, many conversions to this place, to the messages if we've lived them, what God showed us to do. And so we follow these things that I've shown us and not understanding why we're called, but where do we, we don't have to, we don't have to know the future. We just have to act on things that i asked for and don't weigh out consequences I used to speak about my messages. I want you to spread my messages. I want you to put them into your life. I want you to to propagate this everywhere. And she precedes this with the August second, nineteen eighty one message. They said a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. This is not a small plan. This puts it in a category of a cataclysmic thing between two worlds, heaven and hell, and the earth in the middle. How much bigger can you make it when you encompass these three regions? I know says something today in an incredible way. I, your mother, am waiting on, well, actually, she says in the beginning, I, I know that it is not easy, but if you will love each other, you will pray with the heart, and you will reach spiritual heights, and the way to heaven will be open to you. I, your mother, am waiting for you there because I am there. Isn't that a strange statement? Why is she saying that? She's saying that because she's placed herself in a location. She's speaking of heaven like a location. And so it's not this misty, cloudy thing that heaven and hell is. There's going to be resurrected bodies, physical bodies, just like they see Maria, or rather just like Maria sees Our Lady in a transfigured body. She's already transfigured what's going to happen to all people who go to heaven later. We get our bodies back physically. That's an amazing thing. And there's only two people in heaven like that. That's Jesus, the Son, and the Virgin Mary. She's physically there. She's physically there present in front of rear and the other visionaries when they see her. So don't think of this heaven as a misty thing. It's a place. And for her to say that, I, your mother, am waiting for you there because I am there. Heaven exists and also hell. Sometimes it's good just to picture heaven. And what was it like for John, who was with Our Lady, according to Point Mangod, because he was given Our Lady to take care of her. Son behold thy mother, woman behold thy son. And what was it like for her and the other apostles when she died or assumed into heaven before she died? We don't know completely, but this tradition is that at the moment of death, she was taken. And so it's important to understand our healing because when loved ones go away, they go to a better place. We have a void I know the early Christians used to go into the Colosseum and places where the Christians were martyred and they would retrieve their remains because they were so beloved. And the void this must have left them because it's already been, it's already like now today, is lonely to be following a lady, especially in a family where you don't have a connection with anybody in Medjugorje that you can share with. That's why we do these shows, that we can gather together and talk about the message. You can feel community with people across the world who listen to this and live by it, put it into action. I'm constantly surprised how many people listen to this program worldwide. I always think it's less, and it's always more when I find out, because it's a community. And so they can share things together without even knowing each other. But these early Christians went there, and then they had this contemplation of this person's in heaven, and yet they were left to hurt. And so our lady is saying that today. I, your mother, i am waiting for you there because I am there. So what was it like when they left the apostles, or she left the apostles, What a void they experienced. And you've always, many have experienced, and you will experience people in your life that you're going to lose. But if they go to heaven, and that's the hope, and you're living for that, you gain everything, even when it's sad. So Our Lady wants you to come there. She's longing for you to come.
5: Start the healing. When someone you love goes away, it's such a painful feeling. You take it day by day. I still feel your presence. Your do I go on? How do I stay strong? This is the only way. I picture you in heaven. What a beautiful
1: This should motivate everyone who's followed Our Lady but haven't progressed to the point of what you know in your own heart you should be to her. Your prayer, your fasting, your sacrifice motivated in the sense of who you'll see in Heaven waiting for you. A picture of you in Heaven waiting there for me and she says, I, your Mother, am waiting there for you because I am there these positive thoughts of the glory of the beauty of the experience of heaven need to be contemplated because it's motivational to you to take steps to grow in holiness in a time that is both a holy time as he says and on another occasion, he says, it's the evil time. It's time to separate from everything in your life that keeps you from growing toward her. I told the story before. We found in Maria's Bible a message from her lady, a friend of mine and I did. She knew we was looking at it. She probably didn't remember the message there. But it was in creation and he told me later, we got on the trail, he says, you, you wouldn't believe the message in there. It was a message from our lady to Maria, and she had told her, Maria, it's very difficult for me not to take you. You you don't know how much I love you. You don't know how much it's difficult for me to resist taking you now. But I need you here. But I can't wait to hold you in heaven and embrace me. My love for you is such And your witness makes this difficult for me. Can you imagine that? Wow. Wow. What does Maria await, and what do you await, if you really strive toward holiness? If John Paul, who Ivan never saw until after he died, was in the apparition the next day, as a gift to him because he didn't get to see him. He was sorry for that. And he saw John Paul kneeling down to the side of Our Lady, never looking at Yvonne, but staring in such a mesmerized way at the Virgin Mary in awe that he couldn't believe he was there in her presence, that he had no words to explain the joy, the beauty of John Paul's countenance what would it be like for apostles who give the life unending, without limit? As she said to us, August 25th, I love you little children with an endless love. And she's there waiting for you.
2: One of the things that I think <clears throat> attracts everyone to Our Lady's messages is when you read them, you feel like she's speaking to you personally which she is, but so she is in today's message. She says, my dear apostles, my carriers of truth, you just feel so much love from her directed to you personally. And she's up in heaven, so it's easier for her to love us now. But she said something in the message today that makes me think that maybe she struggled somewhat herself, not as in a sinful way. But she says, love one another. I lived your earthly life. I know that it's not easy. But if you would love each other. So she's referring to the fact that loving each other is not easy. And I don't think necessarily that she's talking about Judas or she's talking about the ones that hated her son. And, of course, they would be very difficult to love. But do you think that she's fessing up a little bit, that that just in her normal daily life that there may have been times that she did not find it easy just to love certain characters or people that were loud and, you know, obnoxious or, you know, those kinds of daily things that we all run
1: into. Well, the poor man guy speaks of the Virgin Mary having a difficult time being in the presence of Judas. She could see his heart. She could feel it. She sensed it. Actually, our lady says, if you love, you'll discern the intentions of hearts. I remember reading this message in Maria's uh, house, in the bedroom I was in in her house, and it struck me with a grace like, whoa. If you love, you will discern people's intentions of hearts. So she loved more than any creatures ever existed, even the angels. That being the case, she could discern these hearts that were close to Jesus and sincere, and even being difficult with some of the apostles because they argued among themselves. We see that both scripturally and from the saints and rare toward her writings and how this must have bothered her. It wasn't easy for her. It wasn't a path of roses. It was a path of thorns her whole life. And how difficult it was when her son left. How difficult it was when Joseph died. Because she loves, and even though their marriage was different than anybody who had been married before, she shared common ground with raising God himself. That that unity, that the void, that even he waiting for her in heaven, even though she was going to see her son And see, God the Father, the joy she must have had just meeting Joseph, her companion on this life, who partnered in in a contractual way of marriage to raise God himself. We can't even phantom what it's going to be like to get to heaven. And, And give of yourself now, selflessly. We don't have selflessness in this society today. We have people giving themselves to the exhausted. We have it in this community. We give, we give, we give, and we give more. And often we're worn out. But the tiredness of what we feel is not the tiredness of the world. It wears you out because it's an artificial consolation with it. Ours, we have the consolation of knowing. We're populating heaven, we're bringing souls to Our Lady. And we can wake up in the mornings, even if you're tired and not get a night's sleep, that we have meaning in the purpose of our day. How many people go through their life all throughout the day and have that? And it doesn't matter whether we're in here writing or we're printing or we're outside and work with the animals. We have purpose. And that's a great thing. Our Lady is here with us to unite the flock. Jesus spoke about this in the scriptures. He talked about in John. I have other sheep that do not belong with this fold. These also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. We've been separating, expanding for 500 years, says Martin Luther. But I see more fellowship now with people of other, other denominations thinking the same way I'm thinking, Headed in the same way I'm thinking. And for the first time, I see the church contracting. And it's going to a central point. And i go going to hear the voice of Jesus who threw. Our Lady said, I know that you desire consolation and hope for me because I love you and intercede for you. I ask you to unite with me in my son. What did she say before that? I am praying that you may accept me and love me as a mother. Our lady's not coming as a savior. Our lady's not coming as a redeemer. She's coming as a mother because she says, I have united all of you in my heart. We got a visitor here from Italy. She tells her a story. She's befriended a Muslim. They got several kids. The kids came to her one day and she's at the house. And the kids said, Jesus is not God. Jesus is not God. She answered back, well, I believe Jesus is God. That's what I believe. And so then she said, but I'll tell you about Jesus. They all gathered in her lap. The mother was washing dishes. And so she said, but I'll tell you something about Jesus. Do you want to know something about Jesus? Jesus loves children. And she explained how he became indignant when they tried to take him away. And they wanted more and more stories. What did this? Love. What did she say? I'm praying that you may accept me and love me as mother. That's Protestants. That's Jews. That's Catholics. Because they have to have conversion too. And so we see a contracting coming back. And where is it coming back to? To one person, a mother. The world needs this today. That's why she's here. This is the grace. This is her moment awaited for 2,000 years. And this is her last apparitions on earth because after this, there'll be nothing needed for salvation. And it's what I say, I believe, and what I see going to Medjugorje, that Jesus redeemed me, but Our Lady has saved me. She pulled me out of the direction the world's going in. And that's what she's here to save. She said, January 25th, 1987, a great plan for the salvation of the world. That's what she's here for. And so she's here to unite all hearts underneath hers. Non-believers, whoever, Baptists, it doesn't matter. And we see Protestants coming to Our Lady now like never before. Our Lady just recently told us, don't worry. About whether they accept it or not you just speak it and we hear now out of Medjugorje. Don't speak it Be quiet visionaries be low-key just do the opposite encourage the visionaries to get out there and speak They've not taken a vow of obedience They are free as Christians. They are free as Catholic as long as Medjugorje is not condemned There is no jurisdiction to stop this whatsoever don't be weak about this be strong so our lady says, I ask you, an incredible statement. This, this one phrase tells everything about what she's here for. This grace that comes from the heaven the Father. I ask you to unite with me, she already says, in my heart. And then she says, I ask you to, with, to unite with me in my son. Because these little Muslim children don't believe he's God. But if they can believe in his mother... And if they can say the rosary, what the mother of this family is doing with this visitor we have from Italy, we'll probably interview her on Medianomics tomorrow, Benedetta. Her conversion happened here several years ago. And we'll discuss that tomorrow because this is exactly what we're talking about tonight. The process of conversion starts with me and spreads to others. To do what? To help her help others. Once you see these things and how mentalities can change through Our Lady and toward Jesus and why Our Lady's not referring to Jesus except as her son on the second of the month to get them more focused on her as mother and then the son, which is in her, then everybody will come to Jesus. So it's a powerful thing, a beautiful thing Our Lady's calling us to. And we have to remember there's only one thing that's going to remain. She says that your only instrument be love. Because in the end, God is love and there's nothing left but love. And so it is. We're called to a higher truth. And we're called to be obedient. People do not understand obedience. Catholics especially do not understand obedience in the church. They think because a bishop says something, a priest something, I gotta do that. That's not true. Your matters of conscience, what are they showing you? You hold true to that. There's no jurisdiction to stop us. We can't be told we can't propagate the message. The only way that can happen, the singular way that can happen, is if Medjugorje is condemned and is not condemned. Up to that point, we're free. Just don't connect it to the Catholic Church. Don't say it's official. And don't do it underneath the Catholic Church. I'm a private Christian on private property not connected to the diocese here. And we got a good relationship with a bishop. We love our bishop. We pray for him every day in our 1 prayer. But he's not over what we do, unless we commit a heresy or unless Medjugorje is condemned. So I'm free. Christianity has freedom in it. Jesus Christ is freedom. And we have freedom and rights in the Catholic Church. No one ever speaks about this. These rights are our right to evangelize by our baptism. You cannot be stopped. You can be stopped from doing it in a church if a priest says to do that, on church property or diocesan property, but we can do what we want to do as long as there's no heresy, as long as major is not condemned. And to use those powers of condemnation without condemning it is wrong. No matter what part of the church it comes from, so, what we see in Mizagori right now, I don't accept it. I defy it because I have the right to do that in a matter of conscience to do so because I'm following our lady and she says, I will teach you. And you want to cut those teachings off? You want to quit from gathering what she said today? No. Don't go that way. Don't accept it. That's love. And love is best displayed by obedience. And obedience is best displayed by understanding obedience because many Catholics do not understand obedience. You do not have to obey a wish from a priest or an expressed wish or hope out of a bishop. And you don't have to run everything through him. We've got a lot of longitude and latitude. John Paul was that way. He gave freedom. If you're from God, you're first. If not so, you won't. And so one thing remains with us, and we need to go to the mountain for this, get that strong power. It's love. It never fails. and never runs out. That's what I already said on the 25th. This sin love is something that fuels everything coming from heaven to us today. John 10, 16 said, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also are must lead, and they will hear my voice. How is that? Could we have never imagined before the apparitions that that voice would be the Virgin Mary? She said today, John 10, 16 First she says I will teach you love that you may come to know what real love is. And then she says John 10:16 My children my son will make it possible for him to speak through your words and your actions. They will hear my voice. You living now are living the Bible. Magnitude, the bigness of this plan, is greater than we can know, and so when Our Lady says, "June second, two thousand and fourteen, I ask of you to unite with me in my son," and John ten sixteen, they will hear my voice. Our Lady today, for him to speak through your words. What more do you want to give everything to God, to follow Him, to be with Him, in and through Our Lady to Her Son, to unite all the children of the world, of our beliefs and all peoples? Love remains. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Good night.
0: This ends the Radio Wave show with a friend of Metrogoria. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com. Go to the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. You can also order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.